Welcome to the Rising Stars podcast, where we unpack trends and tips in the point of sale space and IT channel industry. My name is Kate Arara, and I am the Partner Development Manager at Star Micronics America. I've worked in the channel for almost 18 years and I've met some fascinating people along the way. My goal for this podcast is to connect you with some of the most influential people in the channel space to provide you insight and inspiration to help your business succeed. Today's guest is a respected leader in the channel who works for CDW. CDW is a market-leading provider of integrated technology solutions and services with more than 250,000 customers across the globe, a Fortune 500 company and member of the S&P 500 Index CDW was founded in 1984 and employs approximately 15,000 co-workers. At the close of 2022, the company generated net sales of approximately $24 billion. Andy Zanger is the Director of Strategic Industries at CDW and has been with the company for over 28 years. During Andy's tenure, he has helped many high-profile retailers implement solutions to enhance their customers' experience, gain better insight into their business, and use technology as a competitive advantage for their brands. Prior to CDW, Andy worked in the retail industry, serving as the assistant store manager in charge of operations for a big box retailer, which started his journey of identifying ways that brands can use technology to improve efficiencies and enhance the customer experience. Andy leads the teams at CDW, who amongst other things are responsible for helping to bring new industry-specific solutions and services to market, and providing industry expertise to their clients, coworkers, and partners. I personally met Andy Zanger at an industry event about nine years ago, which is crazy that that much time has passed. And I have found him to not only have a wealth of knowledge and information, but he's a true leader and mentor in the channel. He's always open to conversations about ideas on how to improve the channel and just a great person overall. So without further ado, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today, Andy. No, thank you, Kate. I really appreciate that great intro. And, and it is kind of crazy uh, to think about how long we've been working together because it, it certainly doesn't feel that long. It doesn't, but time flies as you get older, right? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> well, I watched the panel that you did with David Dobson from Intel at this year's NRF around consumer expectations. And I thought it would be great to discuss some of the things that you mentioned around supply chain concerns, retail technology investments, self-service, and so on. Um, for those that are listening or watching that haven't seen this panel, I will go ahead and include link in the show notes so you can watch that at another time if you'd like. I highly recommend it. But, you know, it has been, what, three months because we're recording this on April 17th. Um, so I'm kind of curious if maybe some of the items that you discussed then have maybe even changed since the show. I mean, everything does move so fast in the technology industry. Yeah, so and in, in, I don't know that things have changed dramatically since then. I think that, um, you know, things are, are pretty much on pace with what we were seeing then, but I think there are certainly some new dynamics and, and things that, you know, the, the market is ever changing. So I think we certainly do see some things evolving a little bit, but, but at the core of it, you know, retailers back in January were all talking about, you know, labor shortages. They're talking about how do you remove friction from both the customer and the employee uh, or store associate experience. Uh, and, and ultimately, none of that's changed. I think 
the economy as the year has gone on is you know still a challenge and, and people are concerned about it but i think it's probably slightly less impactful at the moment uh, on, on overall spend although i think retailers are changing the way they're looking at spending uh, but I would say overall, no dramatic changes. Um, you know, if I look back at NRF, I think one of the big buzzes at the time was everyone talking about AI. Um, and I think that's only accelerated. That hasn't changed at all. Um, but, you know, now it's it's now it seems like every single person is talking about AI. I think people all of a sudden think that AI was just invented when it's probably been around for 30 years. Uh, but there's certainly some more interesting use cases that are getting publicity these days. Yeah, so that's an interesting comment, because I, I will say, like, AI was, no one was talking about that, I think, in January, but, like, I think it just, it just, just skyrocketed since then. So, I mean, how, have you, have, have you seen any retailers use AI at all, or what have kind of, what have been your observations on that? Well, again, I think AI has been used for years, right? I think it's just, there are some newer use cases. I think everyone is Obviously, the attention span is, has been all drawn over to ChatGPT and what's happening there and, and, and really how conversational AI can be used and generative AI can be used. And, and so that's getting everyone's attention. But I do think that, you know, so Shop Talk just took place uh, a few weeks ago out in Las Vegas, which is, you know, probably one of the next biggest shows outside of, of the NRF's big show. And I will say that at NRF, I absolutely saw AI all over the floor. But people really weren't quite sure what to make of it still. Um, now at Shop Talk, it's at the heart of what everyone's talking about. And everyone sees the excitement of what it can bring and what they can do with it. Um, I, you know, I can't I, I can't really point to too many great examples today of how people are using it because I think people are really using it behind the scenes for analytics and pulling insights out of their, their data. Um, but people are trying to use it in more customer-facing ways. So I think we're starting to see it in you know being used in some of your chat bots are using ai certainly so you're going to start to seeing it more in the contact center and, and in customer service uh, you're also seeing it used for generating sales and also analyzing your business and understanding where your inventory is where are your customers at the end of the day a lot of where this is going to go is really how do you pull more impactful actionable insights from your organization through all the data sources that you have. So one of the things, I guess, I would, one of the things you did talk about was labor shortages um, during your conversation at uh, NRF. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, you mentioned, you know, AI being used for contact center, customer care and stuff like that. So that could alleviate those labor shortages possibly in a way. It can yeah, it can certainly help with it. I think obviously the, you know, the challenge and the concern there is I'm sure we've all been stuck on these endless phone trees and, you know, and, and different virtual, you know, chats where you feel like you're not getting anywhere and you cause frustration. And, and so that's what retailers need to be careful is not to do. You can't remove that, that human interaction and you can't cause additional friction by trying to remove the labor. So I do think that as AI gets, uh, you know, more intelligent, uh, and there will be better use cases that allow it to be used more efficiently in those ways. But I think it's absolutely where things are heading. Um, you know, at, at Shop Talk, we saw people experimenting with that. We saw it being used uh, even to create marketing campaigns and actually creating art. Uh, I think there's some examples that you, you've probably seen with people creating their own avatars, uh, you know, for, you know, more for social media type use. But you're starting to see 
uh, product companies try experimenting with that to have more artistic and creative advertising uh, documents. So that generative AI is, is, is certainly something that's getting a little bit of attention to. So you just kind of talked a little bit about the efficiencies. And one of the things I kind of want to, you know, something that maybe that you might be implementing, which I know you don't want to share your secrets, but maybe some things that you've noticed, like what are some ways partners either are or currently or can, what can they do to help retailers improve their efficiencies? Well, I, I think it really starts with understanding your customer, right? Um, any conversation, if you want to help your customers out and, and help a retailer out, it's about understanding their business, making sure you truly understand what they're looking to achieve. What is their customer experience that they want? What type of outcomes are they looking to achieve? Um, and, and so it really starts with understanding your customer and, and asking them about them too many times. I think in the channel, there's too many people who lead with, with wanting to tell a customer how great they are. Um, and at the end of the day, the customer wants to understand how you fit into what they're trying to achieve. So it, it's about asking the right questions and, and understanding what they're looking to do. But beyond that, I would say, um, looking for ways to remove friction from the checkout experience, looking for ways to improve operational efficiencies for a retailer to accommodate for some of those, um, some of those labor shortage issues, which aren't going away. Uh, you know, some people I think thought labor shortages were going away after some of the stimulus, uh, you know, stopped and, and some of those things changed, but, but the reality of it is that's not the main driver at this point, but the, the issue is going, not going to go away because people for the first time now have access to careers and in other industries that they didn't have access to before. You have many people who were working nights and weekends in retail because they had other responsibilities at home that they needed to take care of. And now with the, you know, with the change of people having access to work from home jobs, We've now opened up the workforce to an entirely new set of careers that didn't exist before. And so retailers are going to continue to struggle with the staffing needs that they have. So, and I want to unpack a little bit more about that, but one of the things you know, brought up is, you know, obviously removing the friction. You said that a couple of times, removing the friction for the consumer. So, you know, there was for the long, I mean, obviously self-service has really took off in 2020 just completely. It, was, it wasn't something new, but the pandemic obviously accelerated that. So kind of what are your thoughts on like, how is self-service evolving? But then also, you know, queue busting was another thing that we've been talking about and it's still being talked about, but we don't see it. Is it is it dead or is it gonna come back, you think? No. I don't think it's dead at all. I think we're seeing a lot of companies investing in mobile technologies. Uh, I think people are trying to figure out what is the right balance, right? As people, as, as retailers evaluate their overall approach to their customer experience, I think mobility plays a role in that. And with that, in some cases, queue busting, you know, will be a part of that. Um, I think that we've seen quite a bit of self-checkout be implemented uh, and self-service kiosks as well. But at the end of the day, it, it really does come back to that experience and, and looking at how to, and, and when we talk about removing friction, how many times have you been at a self-checkout and sat there and struggled with scanning a QR code or and, and some item not found or your payment won't go through and you have to sit there and wait for someone to come over? Um, every time that a customer has a bad experience at self-checkout, they're going to be less likely to want to use that and, and they'll find ways or places that they can have a, a more seamless transaction. So we're starting to see new approaches 
uh, to self-checkout, including using computer vision instead of barcodes. People are looking at, you know, at, at uh, experimenting and, and testing using RFID at checkout. Uh, we're seeing some great implementations and examples of that. Um, but also uh, tap to pay, uh, you know, th there's a lot of different ways to remove friction from that checkout experience. And some of it is also about that unified retail experience. So I want you know, we need to make sure that we're enabling our customers to shot start and end their journey any place they want to, um, you know, and, and, and so having that seamless journey from online to in store uh, is, is part of that as well. Okay. So, you know, as far as, so you talked about the computer visioning, I've seen the RFID, the computer vision. Can you talk a little bit about on that? Cause that's a little bit, maybe cause I live in South Carolina. Yeah lower down here than we are everywhere else, but I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So what we're seeing is, uh, you know, and, and it's still early on and I think self-checkout in general, we're going to see continue to evolve, right? Everything through autonomous checkout. And, and I think we're a little ways away from seeing that in, in big box formats, right. And in the larger store for, uh, footprints. Um, but computer vision is playing a role in checkout, in being able to, essentially what you can do with this is you can take multiple items all at the same time. You could drop them on the counter. And because of the fact that you're not using barcode scanning, you're actually using cameras to actually visually inspect what's on that counter. You can place multiple items on there at the same time and instantly have that into a cart. Um, so it, it is a much more simple process for a customer. However, of course, there are some challenges with the type of products that you're using. Um, you know, using them in soft goods and having five t-shirts dropped on a counter is going to be much more difficult to identify than it would be in a use case in convenience or grocery. So I think you'll see different use cases of self-checkout in different formats of stores. Very true. Okay. So we, I remember seeing that there was like an Amazon Go store or something. We don't have, like I said, we're slower down here in South Carolina. We don't do that. Yeah. And Amazon Go is a whole nother beast, but there's obviously a lot of other competing solutions to Amazon solution. Um, but that, you know, th you know, that is really using, uh, it is using computer vision in some cases. There are other technologies that are using RFID for the same concept. Um, and so when we look at what Amazon is doing or some of the other autonomous stores, it, right now, it's it's very difficult in a large format store, but we are seeing a lot of use cases around convenience. Uh, a great use case for that is looking at the airports, you know, where you have a need to get in and out extremely quickly. Um, there is a, a great use case for a small format store to be using, whether it be cameras for computer vision or using RFID for the inventory management uh, to have that autonomous checkout experience is really coming to life though right now. So... What are some ways that you've noticed that retailers are doing to improve their in-store experience for their consumers? I mean, you kind of mentioned the self-checkout and the, you know, but I know you talked about the experiential shopping. So I would love for you to kind of unpack a little bit more on that. Yeah, I, you know, obviously, if we go back during the pandemic, um, retailers, it was all about how do I keep my business up and running and service my customers while they, in many cases, can't even come to the store, right? But that's a much less profitable journey for a retailer when you're shopping at home. And, and so retailers, as we started to come out of the, the, the height of the pandemic, I'll say, um, retailers were trying to figure out how do I bring my customers back to the store? And there were a few things that 
that clearly were identified. And, and that's, first of all, that a lot of customers got used to shopping from home. They liked shopping from home. They liked the convenience of not waiting in line. They liked everything about the conveniences that were involved. And so when they came back to the store, they weren't as patient with, with some of the inconveniences of actually shopping in store. Um, so retailers are looking to, when, when we talk about that removing friction, it's about how do I make it easier for them? How do I make it more seamless? And so part of it was, you know, so that was a big part of the, the bringing back. But the other part of, of coming back to the store was how do I make customers want to come back to the store? And, and so part of it is that removing the friction, making it easier to shop and other reasons are looking for additional reasons for a customer to want to come back to the store. And when they get there, spend more time in the store. And so that could be as simple as having some marketing activations and different events that are hosted in the store, reusing some spaces within the store in new ways that you may not need because you're, you're lightening some of the, uh, you know, some of the, the shopping spaces uh, and reutilizing it in different ways. But it's also, um, you know, doing some interactive experiences. Um, um, so a couple of different examples. So using RFID can call, you know, can allow us to create a lot of interactive digital signage experiences. So how about when you pick up an item off of a shelf um, and you bring it over to a kiosk, the kiosk automatically lights up and actually starts to interact with that product that you have. So let's say in a shoe store example, maybe I pick up the shoe, I bring it over to a kiosk, that kiosk can instantly recognize what product I'm carrying. I don't have to scan it. I don't have to sit there and figure out what part to look up. But this kiosk knows based off that RFID tag what shoe I'm holding. They could then show you other colors that may come in. They can show you what sizes are in stock. They can even automate the ability to, to order for, you know, and ship that to your home if we don't have it in stock. Um, how about also lighting up other digital signage in the area that maybe you picked up a basketball shoe? So how about we light up the digital signage displays with other information about basketball and, and other items uh, you know, that just change the entire feel of the store and, and, the, and the area that you're in? Um, just one example of, of how that might be utilized in a store. And, and there's, you know, if we think about some of our uh, spirits companies or spirits retailers, uh, how about if you picked up a bottle of vodka and it actually on the display, it actually brought up a bunch of recipes that you might want to, you know, take a look at uh, and other spirits that you might want to buy along with that. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that the technology can make the experience a little bit more interactive for you. Um, another example of this could be your digital fitting rooms. Um, if you bring in a shirt into the fitting room, you try it on, it's not fitting. How about the ability to actually have a store associate bring to you another size of that same shirt, or maybe a different shirt or a pair of pants that complement it. Maybe it even recommends it, you know, saying, hey, that, that shirt that you're, you're trying on would look great with this pair of pants. Okay. I would like that uh, spirits one. You know, I could probably get a couple of creative drinks, especially now we're coming up in summer, barbecues coming up. So... <laughs> That um, conversation can spiral out of control real quick. Yeah, it probably could. It probably could. You know, maybe one podcast, I'll have a, drink, a nice little cold drink in front of me um, for another day. Well, what's where do you think or have you seen maybe a situation where, I mean, I'm sure we could all name something, but maybe where retailers might be falling short, that they're kind of an oversight to what their goals should be? Yeah, I think I think it all comes down to understanding, and I don't want to sound like a, a you know I'm, I'm a broken record, but understanding what you want your customer experience to be. 
right? Um, and and so when retailers are making decisions about their technology, they need to be thinking about how does this impact my customer experience and how does it impact my store associate experience? Because when you have a bad store associate experience, the customer can feel it. And so it's important to make sure that you think about the changes that you're implementing. Am I removing friction from my store associate experience? And am I removing friction from my customer's experience? And, and again, I feel like a little bit of a broken record, but, but those are... Those are two key pieces. If you're going to get that customer experience right, you need to be thinking both about your store associate and your and your customer, of course. Well, what's funny is you don't sound like a broker, but it just it hits home the point that you're saying. So like you were saying that some of the, you know, what you're talking about, what partners need to do is to listen to the to the to the retailer, to the end user. So they can understand what their challenges are. But at the same time, retailers need to listen to their consumers, and it's yeah, and less talking <laughs> for sure. And and if you, and to kind of, I'm sure you could relate to this, but I'm sure you've been to a store, and maybe you had to do a return, or you had a question for them, or maybe it's the checkout experience even. And when you go up there, you can tell the person wants to help you, but they're struggling or fumbling with the entire experience and, and, and they can't get your credit card to process or they can't find the right information for you. Maybe they don't have the ability to tell you whether or not they have the shirt that they're, that are, they're out of stock on. They can't tell you if the next town over has that, that item in stock because you need it right away before you go on a business trip. And so they're just fumbling and they're trying to help you and they're apologizing to you. That's an example of, of of store associate friction that needs to be removed, right? What is what is the bottleneck that they can't access the information they need and they can't execute on performing that level of customer service that we want? So to fix that, I mean, what are what are some ideas that you would have to kind of help them or what would you as a if you were leading a retailer or a partner to guide them, what would you what would you tell the retailer? This is what you should try doing. Well, you know, it's a hard one because it's going to be different for every customer, right? Um, but, you know, at a high level, I think it would start with understanding, making sure that a retailer understands what a store associate experience is like. So I think that, you know, the IT teams, the leadership teams and the business leadership teams should all be getting out into the stores and seeing what that shopping experience is like, both as a customer, but then also looking and seeing what their store associate's experience is like. Because if you're not starting with the customer and the store associate in your plans and understanding the impact it has on them, you're never going to get it right. Um, so I think that's really the, you know, the, the starting point. And then understanding what do you want that journey to look like for the customer? Um, and then start figuring out where the gaps are. Maybe it's an outdated uh, point of sale system. Maybe it's you know outdated payment terminals. Maybe it's a lack of having your data organized in a way that you can pull insights from it. Uh, maybe it's that the store the store manager doesn't have the right dashboards to look at to even understand his staffing and do, does he have the right he or she have the right staff on hand at the right time uh, when they most need their staff you know for their customers do they understand when the busy times are within the store uh, do they understand what departments their store associates need to be in um, you know I'm sure you've you've been in a situation where you've been in a large store and you, you maybe either need something out from behind a lock counter or you just have a question and you're sitting there looking up and down the aisles kind of looking for a store associate and looking for the right color vest or t-shirt you know that, that you can ask someone a question and you're just sitting there frustrated um, well maybe if I had better insights and I leverage technology to understand where the customers are in the store and where are my store associates at the same time to understand do I need to send someone to a certain area instead of them having to sit there and wave their arms waiting. Um, so it's a matter of making sure that the 
store managers, first of all, have the right insights so they can make the decisions at the store level, but also understanding those technology impacts and where those points of friction are. I think, you know, one something that you that you're saying and that it kind of resonates to me, especially when you're going into labor shortages or, you know, that's an issue is a store associate gets forgotten. I mean, it's it's, you know, when you go to work and and you're just and you're, you have a you have the consumer who's mad at you and then nothing's working for you and then you have a manager. I mean, it's the store associates getting forgotten. It's it's almost, you know, you, you got to make it a great experience, not only for your consumers, but your employees, make them feel happy about coming into work and they're more likely to show up and be there and work hard. For sure. Yeah, because you're certainly not going to, you know, it, when you're having labor shortages and everyone is looking to hire, you're certainly not going to keep your your labor uh, if if they're not happy with where they're working. And, and, you know, one thing that will frustrate them for sure is lack of technology support, for, without a doubt. And then you and then you were talking about having people basically put their self in the shoes of the consumer. Who, what's is that Mike Rowe or so the, the show is like Jaws where he goes and he works and I mean, it's, you know, it's actually pretty admirable. It's like you put yourself in that experience, see what you can do to improve it. So, all right. Well, how, how do you think the economy might be affecting retailer spending and technology, or is there a difference at all that you've noticed? So the good news is retailers aren't stopping spending. Right. Um, but I think they certainly are taking a more pragmatic approach to their spending. And I think they're having to have more ROI justifications. And I think they're also looking for areas that um, can provide multiple ROIs in out of one technology solution, I think is, you know, is a huge thing. And, and so I, I mentioned earlier that I was at Shop Talk a few weeks ago. Uh, there was approximately 10,000 people in attendance, which represents most of the top retail brands in the world. Um, and it, and it was really great to see that everyone acknowledged the volatility. The sentiment was really optimistic overall. And, and so the CFO of Target presented in one of the sessions, and, and he said it was prudent to be cautious on some of the category plans in the short term, but investments must be made for the long term. You know, And Target is prioritizing investments in stores and people with a significant amount of the investments going towards technology. So overall, the theme of investing, like I said, was really much more positive, but pragmatic you know, of an approach. And I think one thing that was, you know, that I really took away from it is that clearly technology is, as I mentioned, that have multiple use cases are at top of the list for investment. It's very interesting. It's, it's, you know, you, you think that people would kind of pull back a little bit on spending. It's like, oh, we don't want to do it. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't, you could really set yourself up for failure down the road. For sure. And, and don't get me wrong. I think we are, you know, we're in for a bumpy ride, right? I think that we're not going to see, um, you know, I think that the spending is going to be down a little bit for sure as people evaluate. So some, some, you know, projects may get delayed, uh, some might get modified, but, but it's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's doom and gloom out there by any means. I think that uh, there's a ton of opportunity and you're exactly, absolutely right that the way that a lot of retailers are looking at it is they need to continue to make the investments that are going to put separate them from their competition. And, and so um, I think, especially as you're looking at the labor shortages, as you're looking at some of the other challenges mm -hmm. that are out there, what they're looking at investments in technology as a way of offsetting, you know, some of those challenges. And the ROI is really there in a lot of new technology or a lot of technology maybe that's been around for a while, like RFID, like electronic shelf labeling. A lot of this technology that's been around a long time, but may have appeared to be cost prohibitive 
when you start taking into account the labor shortages and the issues on the customer with the customer experience associated with that, that ROI can be achieved a lot faster. And then especially if you could layer on top some of the other experiences and other ways to use the technology and RFID, we talked about, you know, earlier as a way to interact uh, using for interactive shopping. We talked about it for checkout. It could also be used in loss prevention. There's so many different areas of the business that you can leverage each technology that you just have to be thoughtful about what you're implementing and how you're using it and maximizing the investment in the technology. I, I agree. I agree completely. Well, I know I learned a lot from you today, Andy, and I'm sure everyone will gain something from what you've shared today. But before I let you go, I just have one more question. What are you most excited about or are hoping to see unfold in the future of the channel? Ooh, that's such a big one that we could probably spend an entire hour on alone. Um, you know, for me, I just get excited in general about helping organizations use technology in new ways to get closer to their customer and innovate their business, right? To, to improve operational efficiencies and improve that customer experience. And I think there's so many things that are coming out and, and new use cases on ways of using existing technology that are just game changers right now. You know, we touched on AI earlier. Um, but there are so many different ways that that can be utilized and whether that's generative, whether that's uh, conversational, uh, whether it's predictive AI, there's so many different ways it can be used. And again, AI is nothing new, but there's new ways to use it. And companies are starting to recognize the power that can be unlocked through that. Um, and, and really, I think retailers are open to looking at new ways of improving that brand loyalty and customer experience because of some of the things that have happened over the last few years. And, and so I think we're at one of those points right now where over the last three years, you know, during all this pandemic craziness, we saw probably 10 to 15 years worth of innovation happen in, in three years. And I think we're going to continue to see that accelerate you know, over the coming year. So I think just really the openness and, and different way of looking at the business is what excites me and how we can really help customers achieve great things through the use of technology. That's a fantastic answer. And I think that, yeah, we probably could do a whole other podcast on just that question, <laughs> but uh, we'll have to, we'll have to call it for now. And we'll definitely maybe, another you know, maybe another time if you're up for it, we'll do this again. Um, so, you know, if this, now is the time, if you want to do a little plug about you or your company, or maybe where's a good place for people to connect with you or to get content that you might think might be beneficial for them to learn. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm super passionate about the value that, that CDW brings to the channel. Um, you know, the, the, the scale of our business and the scale of our resources is really hard to rival. Um, you know, we uh, we have some great partnerships, including Star and, and many others that we greatly value and 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 we love working closely with our partners and 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 welcome the opportunity to meet new partners that we can work closely with. Um, you know, we uh, we have been building out an entirely new team that's really going to accelerate. Uh, you know, the value that we can add in the retail industry, and I won't bore you with all the details of that. But I know, um, you know, I'm really excited to share over the coming months some of the new resources that we've hired um, and how we're changing the way we go to market. But at the end of the day, we love to talk to other people that are passionate about helping our customers in the retail industry by using technology, and and would welcome that. So. Um, Obviously, anyone can reach out to me. Uh, I'm on uh, Inst I'm on um, Twitter at Azanger uh, is my handle. Certainly connect with me on LinkedIn as well. 
and uh, you know, be happy to, uh, to chat with anyone about how we can go to market together. All right, there we have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did about current market trends and the path of retail in the future. Andy, I want to thank you again for your insight and to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us today. For more about STAR, visit us at starmyconics.com where we also have a super informative blog or follow us on all our social media platforms on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of those. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. We love to hear from you all. And that's it for this episode of Rising Stars Podcast. I'm Kate Lara, and I will see you next time.